Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is November the 7th, 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, you, you, dude, you've had a busy week. You've gone uh, half a continent away and back again. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I have. It's been, uh, you know, I, I, I was down, uh, down at the state of search and it... Uh, once again, um, the the folks down there did did an outstanding job, and I'm going to give a big a big high tip to uh, your friend of mine, Mr. Bill Hartzer, mm-hmm. um, who That's not just is a great SEO and and and, uh, and great domainer, but uh, but just I, I know he was one of the leads in in organizing this year's event. Uh, did an outstanding job. Well, yeah, Bill and the uh, Dallas Fort Worth uh, Search Marketing Group, like. Amazing. Ama- that, that, that's probably one of the strongest uh, search marketing. Um, how to say it? For, 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 for people from for, for newer SEOs, it was a time when like uh, you would get local meetup groups together, right? Yeah. And uh, that was how people would teach each other. And that still happens in a lot of places. There's a, a group in Raleigh. There's uh, the one in Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, I believe there's one in Toronto. I know there's one in New York. Um, and these meetup groups happen. It's good to go to the, but Dallas Fort Worth, their group has grown into like, well, this, this, this incredible conference you guys were at, State of Search. Yeah. Yeah. I know it really is sort of the sort of perfect sort of storm of, 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 I think part of it really has to do with the number of brains in the Dallas Fort Worth area related to SEO. Well, yeah, um, and, and and a lot of long timers too, eh? Yeah, well, exactly, and it's it's so close to um, you know a couple other hub points as well. Like it's it's quite easy to get to. Um, I think it's American Airlines. It's the hub, right? Like it just it's like Vegas, right? In in that kind of way, it's easy to get there. It's affordable while you're there. I mean, yes, you can't get um, you know a, a hotel for twenty nine dollars, but the one you get doesn't have an eighty five dollar resort fee and like thirteen dollars for a coffee on top of that. So, so it's, it's it's actually quite affordable, um, and the 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 quality that they they sort of burst out with and and just went okay, we're we're going to do this well. Um, attracted some some really good people out of the gate, and uh, and yeah, part of that is just there's a lot of really really good minds, um, right in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area and. Um, yeah, they, they threw together a really good, really good conference again this year. But you're right, it is interesting because they're actually a local association that just happens to get um, national and international um, speakers and attention. So, um, well, again, and rightly so. This is uh, probably probably one of the oldest established groups. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of minds that have been in the industry for as long as you and I have, like like forever. Indeed, indeed, and you know one of the one of the things they they do this every year, and one of the things I really like that they, they had two um, they have two panels that sort of go on each year, but the one that really captivated me this year, and it, I'm going to bring it up because it's something that you and I probably don't think about often, um, because uh, calling a spade a spade, because we're dudes, um, and they they um, have a, a panel each year, and actually Mary was the the, the moderator this year. 
Um, but it's an empowering breakfast and it's women in tech. Um, and, and basically the, the, you know, how to uh, sort of promote them, you know, both as, as for the women themselves. Um, and there were a lot of men in attendance, um, which was, was great um, eating their breakfast there and, and, and sort of listening in and sort of how do we help? How do we facilitate this, this for them? Um, but what I found, you know, which, which is obviously all, all of this is great, but what I found really interesting is they were talking about some of the challenges and, and then that challenged me to think about other things. Um, and Kelsey Jones, um, was was on this this panel as well, and, and she said something that really caught me. And, and and you know, all of us in business, we all tend to, you know, hide things. But it's like if I can not say something to a client that might show a weakness that I have, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would rather hide that and then you know use eight phone of friends to figure it out, kind of thing. At, at least you know, especially sort of early on. Now I'm you know perfectly content to go. I don't know, but I got friends who do, and and you know. It, it turns out that that's actually a good approach because your client will generally actually be pretty stoked that you have a bunch of smart friends on top of your own brain. But um, she brought up something that I thought was actually crazy. I totally get it. And it was describing while she was pregnant and hiding that from clients. And I thought, how many challenges are there hmm. that women face in tech that I'm just completely oblivious to because it wouldn't even cross my radar to think about? Right? Like, mm-hmm. it just, just, these are these are challenges that they face. It some of them are obvious, right? Like we we all know some of the some of the just or you know inherent challenges um, that that would be there. Um, you know, and you might even consider the fact that oh, okay, we know women can become pregnant, and we know that that's a bias going in, right? Like these are things that we we sort of know. But I never thought of that just emotional and 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 sort of you know, business toll and, and professional toll of just going, I have to hide something from my clients that I'm actually really stoked with, right? Like yeah. that I, I find great and I have to kind of protect my clients from that. Um, or at least I feel I do, right? I mean, wh- whether the reality is, is true or not, whether that it needed to be held, that you feel you do. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's really enlightening. So it challenged me and I think it should challenge all guys um, well, to sort of go, okay, what are we not even aware of? Um, now, one one thing that that that's really cool about the time that we're living in and working in is, you know, not only are these stories being told, and are there are there like you know forms being carved, carved out to tell these stories in, but um, guys are shutting up and listening, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it re- it really is. It really is. Um, so yeah, and I just want to mention as a you know, I mean, that's that's great for us, and a big big hat tip. Uh, to state of search again for hosting a panel every year and sort of talking about it because it is an important issue and they all talk about it is getting better but better isn't equal right like (laughs) better isn't you know it's not a level playing field still Um, I I wouldn't pretend it is but I'm glad to see that it's moving in the right direction Um, and and it's things like that and and uh, and state of search you know sort of promoting it that's helping you know get that get that momentum or continue with that momentum and push it forward. So I always wanted to give my hat tip to, to state of search for, for taking that and, uh, and running with it and, uh, and providing that forum. Um, excellent. Yeehaw state of search. Okay. While state of search was happening, there were other things happening, including a gathering at Google. Um, Google had its own conference running, uh, I guess in conjunction with state of search, we're going to have a little bit of coverage from that. Uh, a bunch of things, uh, Sort of, well, they're not leaked out, but whenever these big conferences happen, 
Um, there tends to be a gl- serious glut of information mm-hmm. that, 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 that hits the, the search news. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure listeners will, will, will excuse us for not uh, being entirely clear on where exactly these, uh, these stories come from. But I know, that, I know for sure this one comes from Twitter. Um, and it's more of a, uh, a confirmation than anything else. Um, so uh, Dr. Pete, Dr. Pete Mayers over at Moz was speculating on Twitter that if um, there's an algorithm change and the way Google, you know, ranks websites changes, then the way they look at feature snippets is likely to change as well. So he tweeted out that um, if there's an algorithm change, then the way Google treats feature snippets will change. That was retweeted by uh, by um, Gary Eyes, which is seen as confirmation that that's probably true. Um, that's a pretty fair <laughs> sort of fair, fair comp to take that as a confirmation. Yep. Um, so here's the thing: we never get confirmation on anything. Like like confirmation doesn't doesn't ever happen. So. Um, yeah, seeing that is 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 uh, very cool. Um, sorry, there was just a response that came in from Vanessa Fox around that um, and John Mueller, but uh, um, well worth researching and looking into to um, you know figure out how to how to rewrite uh, to, to 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 get fresh snippets. Well, and, and if we really think about it, it, it absolutely makes sense, right? Like if, if we think about what builds a snippet, and I mean, we're, we're furthering our understanding of that or, or we're furthering the complexity of that with, with you know, things like BERT, um, which we'll be talking about later in the show um, by, you know, and, and a great article from, from Don Anderson. But if we think about it, we think about, oh, okay, what we're dealing with is entities, how they relate to each other. Um, and, and for our audience that don't know entities, I mean, basically we're dealing with, you know, things and, and how they relate to each other in, in, in specific orders and, um, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, then, and, and, and featured snippets are, are basically just trying to answer our questions about things and what they are and, and, and you know, the intents behind them. Then, of course, it makes sense that as algorithms adjust, um, you know, to, to better understand these things and, and better present them, that of course, featured snippets that are part and parcel of that are, are of course going to adjust. Like it, it, it was news, it was great confirmation, but then you sort of think about it and go, well, well of course, it, it's an organic search result. So of course, a, an algorithmic shift is going to impact it, right? Like it just absolutely, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, well, yeah, of course, but I'd never actually thought to ask that question, but I, I was absolutely, not surprised when I really thought about it to go, well, yeah, it just makes sense that, that it does, but I'd never actually thought to ask it. So I thought it was a great thing for Pete to actually go, oh, right, this is a thought, let's, let's ask. And, and it makes perfect sense to, to hear so, Google go, yep. So Pete puts it out there. Google says, yep. Uh, Vanessa Fox um, uh, and Gary Mueller pipe in with, uh, with, their own, uh, uh, with their own items on it, thus, thus furthering confirmation. And so Barry Short, who happened to be at Google this week, starts asking questions of Googlers um, at Google in, the, in their natural environment. Um, <laughs> which Catching is the best a Googler place, in their natural habitat. It's the best place to ask them a question, you know, because they're most comfortable there. 
Okay. Um, and I'm sure in a really nice hotel, in which case they're they're probably pretty comfortable too. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, according to Barry, uh, uh, Google also confirms feature snippet feature snippet algorithms is uh, heavily using machine uh, learning above and beyond BERT. And Google confirms that these feature snippets update frequently because of the machine learning. And you know, as 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 uh, people speak or type. Um, search queries that are, that are getting longer and Google's having a you know, better ability to understand the intent of a longer search query, what it thinks you're looking for and what it serves up as a feature snippet is also changing more frequently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, interesting. That's, that tells me that there's no action, that it's hard to figure out the actual way to write for it. Yeah, and you know, one of the t subjects that came up a lot at, at, at State of Search, and uh, Dwayne Forrester did the closing keynote and, and really covered this uh, quite well, but mm -hmm. not surprisingly, right? It's Dwayne Forrester, dude knows his stuff. Um, but when we're optimizing for these things, what we're really optimizing for is intent. Um, and there was a lot of discussion around this, right? Like from paid search going, okay, group your users, you know, not necessarily just by keyword, but by intent, right? Like all of these things that, that lended the, or lent themselves much more to focusing on. And at the end of the day, what that really boils exactly what we're talking about here. When we're optimizing for them, can you optimize for BERT, for example? Well, no, BERT's kind of like an understanding. It, it, it just helps. Um, and, and we'll get into that again a little more later, but In second segment. Yeah, exactly. But what we're, we're really dealing with is if you're optimizing for your user's intent, yes, you, you might not maximize your impressions or clicks because you haven't gotten in front of people that didn't have the intent that, that you're fulfilling. Fine. Right. Like, who cares about those impressions and clicks? <laughs> what we care about are the impressions and clicks that, that we're trying to actually accomplish um, and, and that are our use. Right. So and that's what Google wants, too. So as long as we're writing in a very clear way for our users intent, that's and there's a lot more to it. But at its core, as long as we're fulfilling our users intent and we're making it very, very clear that we are using all the, the technical SEO strategies uh, to sort of reinforce that. That's that's kind of what we're supposed to do to optimize for featured snippets. And then by extension, for now, at least voice. Right. So that's that's. I mean, in, in my, and we'll get into more detail in the second segment as you, as you're all. Okay. Now, now, lucky for listeners, the second segment is coming up a lot faster than anyone's comfortable with it coming up because we're going to take a break really soon. But before we, I just had one of those really weird old person moments because, you know, Dave, you and I have been around this industry for a long time, long mm -hmm. enough to remember a time before Google. Um, when we, you know, when we were optimizing for a universe of like <laughs> 10 to 15 unique search engines. Yep. Um, there were two ways to deal with that. One of them was to get all into like keyword densities, and there was a slightly different keyword density um, ratio that you were aiming for for different search engines. You know, like three point one five for Alta Vista. Mm -hmm. so, I, I forget what they were. I, I used to be able to list them off, like like by rote. But the other way you would deal with it was by writing um, content that went from very general to very specific as you as you you went along, um, or putting your very specific stuff up right up front so that whichever search engine picked it up first, because you would often write different pages for different search engines. Yep. It almost feels like we're going back to a time when you're writing, like as, as you were mentioning, um, uh, in, in the uh, PPC world, grouping your, uh, your, 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 your uh, target audiences into 
what's the intent of the searcher? What, what, what are they actually looking for? What do they want to do? Um, that's like old, that's like old school search engine writing, um, trying to figure out why the person's going to the page in the first place. It's everything old is new. All philosophies that are old are new again. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, I, I always find it funny because it sort of goes counter to what I've, you know, sort of my initial reactions, because I remember for years and years and years, Google would just write for the user and, 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 and you will rank, right? Like I remember Matt Cut saying that and I would laugh and laugh and say, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> um, but here we are, right? Finally. And I mean, I, as not only am I an SEO, so admittedly, this actually kind of makes my life a little more difficult. Right. Like, let's be honest. It was easier when it was like, ah, Google 3.15%, you know, keyword density, right? <laughs> the title's yeah. like this, cram your keywords in there. But for that reason, as somebody who also looks for information on the internet in, in a fairly robust way, um, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that we're here. <laughs> it's, it's great that we're here. It makes my job harder. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it helps me find things faster. Right. So, so that, that, side of things is fantastic so we have hit that stage where google's really close anyway they're, they're not there but they're really close to accomplishing that goal that they were setting out to do and they've been telling us for a decade and they were or more and they were sort of wrong in the beginning but gee wouldn't it be nice if they hadn't been um but where if we can build the content for the user and the SEO part comes in going and make it very clear to Google in your wording and your technical <laughs> aspects that this is what it is. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you can rank, right? I mean, I, and that's oversimplifying, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch, you know, sort of underneath right now to, to make that happen, but um, it, it's a lot closer to being accurate than, than it has been at any other point in time. And, and it looks like they're heading rapidly in, in the right direction. Absolutely. And speaking of heading in direction, we got to we got to head off in the uh, commercial direction, but we're going to be back in a couple of minutes. Um, it is uh, November the 7th, 2019. This is Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're going to be talking about BERT coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Ed Wijdentica, Taya Obricht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kupolitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. This is before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. 
The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences, marketing on purpose. Are you a PPC professional? Would you like a mountain of resources that will help you fine-tune your skills? Join the Paid Search Association, the only nonprofit organization dedicated to serving managers of Google, Microsoft, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter advertising accounts. Check it out at www.paidsearch.org. That's www.paidsearch.org. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's November 7th, 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And in this segment, we get to have fun with language which is kind of cool because that's what Google's been working on for the last couple of years. And uh, they've come out with this, their new earth-shattering, groundbreaking algorithm, BERT, affects uh, approximately 10% of queries. It will be affecting feature snippets. Um, it'll be, well, it'll be affecting Google search as we know it and hopefully affecting it for the better because, let's face it, for the last few years, there's been a lot of complaints about Google's accuracy and... Uh, Hopefully, Bert is going to, um, you know, again, push Google towards uh, far more relevant results. Um, what do you think, Dave? Um, natural, has Google solved the real language conundrum? <laughs> it's on its way. Is it well it, on its way? It, it's on its way. I mean, what we're seeing with Bert, in, in my in my opinion, and this is based on, I mean, their their posts on when they were first, like they they made Bert sort of open source, um, so basically letting developers, um, you know, use the the systems and technologies behind it, um, and that was back in uh, about a year ago, actually. It was back in in November of, of 2018 that they did that, um, and. and between there and now, I, I think we're in, a, in, a, in more a, a training phase of a very complex technology. And, and I say that, you know, obviously it's, it's been being trained for a while. Um, you know, let me, let me go one, one step back a bit before, before we get into there. The, the reason that BERT is, is revolutionary, um, and this is, this is for our listeners. I know you, you've, you've read probably many of the same pieces that I have. But, but the, the reason that BERT is, is revolutionary, in, in my opinion anyway, um, is the the first letter in in BERT 
um, in, in the acronym that is BERT is bi-directional. And that's what makes this a massive, massive move forward um, from, from traditional um, natural language processing systems, which were unidirectional. Um, so what that basically means for our listeners is rather than having to understand language based on the entities and, and words that were used before. So it would hit a word in a sentence. And if that's word number five, it understood the, the context of that word based on everything that had happened before it. Now we have bi-directional. So we, we, can, we can take word number two and put that into a context of word number five, right? So we, we now are looking both directions in, in a context. So it's absolutely, I mean, there, there's a bunch of other things that Bert does, but, but that's, that's, as far as I'm concerned, the biggest revolutionary context here, because how much of the English language, and, and each language is structured differently, and there's actually languages that probably lend themselves more to natural language processing and that would have been ahead if they'd been, you know, sort of the dominant language of Google's development cycle, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that we'd been further ahead, there are more, that, that would lend themselves more to unidirectional, where words actually order the way they should, right? In, in my, <laughs> I mean, I speak English, but, but I, I understand the oddities of the English language, right? In, in that, yeah, we do actually word things kind of backwards in many cases. Um, but now we have a scenario where, where natural language processing is catching up to this problem that we have, and, and there's many of them, but this was one of the problems that they had is the context of word number two, our brains understand it based on what happened in word number five, right? We're taking a whole concept, not each word, but natural mm -hmm. language processing systems could only work in one order. It only knew word five based on the context of word two, but it couldn't understand word two based on the context of word five. And I mean, you know, or, or whatever numbers they may be. So that, in my opinion, is the biggest revolutionary step forward um, that, that we've just taken here. So, I, I, and I mentioned that for our listeners so that they can now understand, okay, this is one of the, the many things. And in Dave's opinion, the, the biggest you know, part of this, this whole processing, you know, revolution that, that we've just stepped forward with. I mean, that's what's helping them carry forward into, and I know the, the article we're, we're talking about here is, is a great one over at Search Engine Land. Um, that Don Anderson put up and, and, and uh, you know, I wished I'd had time to sort of, you know, you know this just came out <laughs> to go, oh, okay, let's drag Don onto the show um, for this episode to, to talk about it because it's a great piece. And, I, you know, have, I'm sure you agree, almost should be required reading to get a core understanding of, of what we're dealing with here and, and the challenges that, that are being faced by the machine learning system. Uh, absolutely. There's... Um... Think of the challenges of, uh, of just about any language, but in this case, um, in the English language, um, you have synonyms, you have homonyms, you have antonyms, you have uh, 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 phrases that sound this, that um, carry the same meaning, but sound completely different from each other or have a like, completely different context from each other, but again, carry, carry rather, rather the same meaning. And then you have regional idioms. Um, the English world, uh, from England to New Zealand, Australia, America, uh, Canada, is massive. And there's completely different ways of saying things in one, one part of it to, in another part of it. Even, even in different parts of New York, there are completely different ways of saying the same thing. We've moved into a world where uh, we're speaking to our, to our search devices. Um, or we're, um, we're typing some seriously long tail text uh mm -hmm. text search queries um and again we're how, how to say this 
pop culture is breaking down language and we are becoming far more regional in our uses of the language. Um, you'd think it would have gone the, 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 op the opposite direction, but, but in fact it hasn't. So Google and you know, by extension, all the other search engines have to figure out what we mean when we're saying stuff. BERT is um, perhaps the biggest step forward in understanding that um, there are three ways of saying two, just like there are four ways of seeing a uh, of seeing any given URL. Um, Google finally seems to have understood that, or at least that's what they're trying to do with BERT. The, the question I have um, about BERT moving forward, is BERT learning as we go forward? Um, we know that a bunch of uh, information that was sort of parsed through over the last like two and a half, three years by RankBrain has gone into the development of BERT, but how's BERT learning moving forward? Well, and that's that's a great question. And it's funny, I, I ended up saving and I hadn't caught this the first time I read it. And I, I remember when Bert was rolling. Well, actually, I probably didn't read it the, the same day. But I, I remember reading, uh, because it's like sort of an interesting thing to me, um, the, the blog post um, that when Bert was basically being ruled out. I hadn't toyed with it at the time. I hadn't actually fully wrapped my brain around what it what its impact would be, right? Of course, you go, oh, okay, Google's using it now. Now I understand it and looking into it. But I remember when it came out, but one of the words that I hadn't really latched into uh, until now is in the original um, sort of announcement of, of Burton and, and that it was, you know, the, the technology behind it was being open sourced and, and developers could use it and, and set up, you know, systems within, you know, half an hour to three hours, depending on how they wanted to do it. Um, but what, what, what the statement, and I'm, I'm looking right at the announcement, is BERT is the first deeply bi-directional, and then this is the keyword, unsupervised language rap representation. And it's funny because I literally was on a stage talking about unsupervised learning or, or referencing unsupervised learning just a few days ago, um, and hadn't actually used this one as an example because I hadn't latched into it. But what that tells us is that it's in an unsupervised learning model of machine learning, which means to answer sort of that question, it is an ongoing thing, right? I mean, just... The, the inherent nature of, of defining it as supervised or unsupervised tells you it's learning on, uh, on an ongoing basis, right? It, it would fall under one of these two machine learning models. It is unsupervised. The interesting thing about it is I wish I could go back in time in a, in a bi-directional nature, go back and insert BERT as my example rather than using, I, I, I generally use uh, Google News as, as an unsupervised model, right? And now I'm like, well, now I've got a more timely example. I wish I could go back in time and deal with that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, that, that does tell us, and, and the difference, I guess, for, for, for users here, and you, it's important because it'll help us understand BERT is a supervised model has like a defined beginning and end. We, we, we can know, I, I guess, we can know specifically what a good answer is, right? You, you look at like, you know, if I inject the square footage of a house and, and I know the, the, the sort of price that it's sold at, and I put a bunch of examples in and. You know, at the end, you can go, oh, okay, if I put something in with square footage and then sell the house, I'll know if I'm right or wrong, right? That's sort of a supervised model. In unsupervised, you end up in a scenario like this where there isn't really a known right or wrong, right? If we went back in time two months ago and went, if I see the term okay and boomer, right, <laughs> it, it would mean a very, very specific thing. But that specific thing that it means is going to be completely different two months ago versus now, right? Like now it actually... It in and of itself is a complete thing, right? It, it's, I, I would call it an entity unto itself, that two words, because it itself represents an idea.
right? Or, or, or a specific thing. It, those two words need to combine in this order. And that in and of itself is an entity that represents a thing, whereas two months ago it wouldn't, which is why you can't really put it into a supervised model because there isn't a known good answer. That it, it needs to be able to change and a human being can't sit there or even a machine can't sit there and watch for it because you don't know, right? And, and you're right, it's, it's language changes constantly. Um, and, and the way we use words changes constantly. And I mean, you know, I, I listed an example that it, it meant a completely different thing if I had seen it two months ago than it does today, right? So um, that, that's why it falls under the unsupervised model. That was the longest way I could possibly go, yes, yeah, learning on an ongoing basis. And that's how, how we know. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, I just fought an election with a, primarily with a team of 20 somethings and, uh, now I'm Gen X, so I ain't a boomer. Okay. So this, this, this don't bug me done. <laughs> um, but, uh, the okay boomer phenom is, uh, both hilarious and frustrating at the same time, but, uh, strings to things to guillotines, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know. I'm like, okay, I could go on on the boomer phenomenon, you know, at infinitum. But this is a show about tech, not not social not know, pop conditions. Okay, uh, so so can you write for Bert? Can you affect language? Can you put stuff on page? What do you what are, what are you gonna do with your content to make Bert happy? You know, and that was another one of the big discussions at State of Search. I assume it'll be one of the big discussions at Ungagged. You know, I'll probably be chatting about it at SMX. Bigger, better, you know, more birdier. It, um, the, the, the conclusion seems to be, and it, it's my opinion as well, so I'll go my conclusion along with a whole bunch of other people seems to be kind of like if you ask, you know, John, you know, Mueller here or whatever, they'll go, no, you can't. Okay, I mean, you know, that's that's fair enough. This isn't an algorithm like keyword density. Again, for for listeners who are who are who may not know the term, please don't latch onto this. This is a term from like over a decade ago. But it, it helps because like that was a specific metric, and you could target it and and, and adjust, and, and there you were. Right, it was probably the last thing we could do like that. That's why I use it as the example. Um, but if you don't know the term keyword density, good, don't learn it now. Um, <laughs> Okay, boomer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's whether you can optimize for it or not. I think involves can you be clear in your writing and layout and 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 presentation of information. And that's really what I think it comes down to for me is can I optimize for it? Not really, right? Like so, so I'll give Google the pass on that one. They're kind of right. You you can't optimize for it specifically. But if you think about the user's intent and you think about ways to lay that out, there, there's little tricks that I'll probably use. Like if I, if I looked at all the queries related to, I, I don't know, I, I want to list an, an example that they, okay, um, one of the examples that, that Google had used, and I can't remember the exact wording in, in it, but uh, it's basically Americans looking for, do Americans need visas to travel to Brazil, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. okay, and, and Bert came in because, what it does is it filters out, and I think we mentioned this last week, it filters out Brazilians looking for visas in America, like to travel to America, right? Like it, it basically goes, okay, I understand the word order now when I can sort of go back and forth and go, okay, the last word Brazilians is actually who's looking for the visa or is, is, is the one being targeted. And, and, and then there we go. Um, and, and understanding that word order. So 
if we look at all the terms and, and queries um, that sort of would be around that and go, okay, let's look at everything related to Americans and Brazil, and let's look at all the queries related to visas in there and understand the words that are used. Yeah, that might help you understand a little bit about ways to tie these two entities together on your page. You're not really optimizing for BERT, but you're assisting BERT in understanding the order on your page, right? And if you use scheme on it going, you know, and breadcrumbs going, okay, we're actually a page about Brazil. So when we're talking about Americans and visas, we're on a page about, you know, the country of Brazil, right? So just reinforcing your location and, and, and reinforcing your topical relevance will, by definition, sort of assist you with BERT, but you're not optimizing for BERT in what we would generally think of as optimizing for well, an algorithmic factor. Well, here's the weird thing. I would suggest that, in fact, you just told people how to optimize for BERT. You got to throw in your, you got to throw in some breadcrumbs there. Um, you got the the way you write and order content, um, the way that, the way that you um, establish links between different pieces of content. Those are all decisions that uh, that a webmaster makes as uh, she or he goes along in in, in developing their work. And those decisions, if you make them in like I don't know the optimal way. Um, could be considered optimization. There's so many different forms of optimization, and this is this brings me to something that, that, that yeah, we're, we're just going to have to run this through something like Bert at Google or something. But what does Google mean when they talk about optimization? Are they talking about technical SEO, like you can't um, improve site structure for Bert, or can you? I bet you you can. Yeah. Um, can you improve URL structure for Bert? I'll bet you you can. Um, I bet there's a whole bunch of stupid little things you can do to make things just that much clearer or to introduce um, uh, 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 two concepts that, you know, might ride side by side with each other um, in various, various parts of the website. That's For sure. And then can you create sort of content clusters that reinforce that? my page right or this section of my site is about the country of brazil so from that you can then interpret that information on that about visas and americans is related to those traveling to as opposed to brazilians traveling the other direction so and in any other context might you call that a form of optimization uh, okay so yeah yeah so there <laughs> yes ah. i would yeah. <laughs> So there, Google. That'll tell oh, you. Okay, Google's wrong, uh, but they're they're wrong for the right reasons, I guess. In this case, <laughs> is, 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 how difficult would it be for Google to go? Here's how. Other than saying, and they've said this all along, so maybe they more mean not on top of everything else we've said. Create content for your users and structure it in a way that will make it clear where they are and what they're doing. Well, that's always a good idea, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so, by doing what you should be doing, you are optimizing for Bert. <laughs> I guess is is what Google could probably answer. Same as same answer they give for rank brain. God, I wish there was an easy pigeon joke here. I, I, <laughs> I just so wish there was, but there isn't. <laughs> so sadly, we're just gonna have to segment into break without a really good pigeon joke. And that you know what you know why that is. Now, now that I just found out, we got another minute to kill. That's because I'm so damn busy, Dave. I'm just like digital always is. Uh, you know, I guess I'm beyond capacity. That's a weird feeling, eh? You know, if you have to have a list of problems 
It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one to have. Uh, it, it is a good one to have. I think you know, and 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 hopefully many of our listeners um, <laughs> are you know are, are in a boat of, of having a similar problem. <laughs> Unless you're um, you know sort of working as in house, in which case it's like just hire somebody else. But you know, if you're an agency, you know it, it's generally a better problem to have than than the That's opposite. No work at all. Um, and, and yeah, it's things like this that make it that are difficult to understand, especially if you don't have that bi-directional ability to understand, well, I guess it's actually unidirectional because truly we don't have birth. I can only understand the past. I can't understand the future. Um, you know, but having that historical context does help in these cases where it's like, okay, I know where they were. I know where they're going. I can put things in a context. I was actually chatting with uh, Frederick Dubu at uh, I, I probably just slaughtered and, and just was horrible. A better you than me. Um, <laughs> but chatting with him at, at Status Search about Bert, of course, and 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 how it was, um, you know, how it how it plays out. And I always feel sorry for you know because he works for Bing, and it's like, but he's in machine learning, right, and deep learning, and it's like, of course, everybody wants to talk about what is this thing. Bing has their own versions. We just don't know the name. <laughs> so it's like, oh. But you should because you guys are super smart. But anyway, um, I, I know we, we only had a minute, and I, I probably just took two of them. So, <laughs> um, knowing the guys at Microsoft, they'll 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 name it really something you know really easy to spell like Pasquale or something. <laughs> Hopefully, um, Ernie. I think that would be awesome. They're marketing uh, geniuses over there. Um, okay, yeah, we do got to take a break. We are we are butting up to quarter to the hour at the time that this was webcast live to podcast. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and you are listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the recorded on the 7th of November 2019, and we are back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact B-R-A-S-C-O at WMR.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. Webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 7th of November, 2019. Uh, just a few more shopping weeks till Christmas break. Can't come soon enough, if you ask me. Um, Google is... Uh, I, I, I love the story you posted during the break, Dave, and because uh, uh, this is the direction that Google's moving in, and I think it's um, something I think the uh, uh, Google users and just web users should be really, really aware of. Their investment in Fitbit, paying $2.5 billion for wearable technology. Now, why might a data services company do that? There are so many reasons. Um, I mean, obviously, right? Like there, there's some obvious ones that, that we can think of here. There are ones that are absolutely frightening to me. Um, there's one that I'm literally writing an article based on a patent that they, they had granted um, about a week ago um, on basically feeding people notifications and alerts based on their physical presence inside a store, which relies on having a device that they can monitor the location of using beacons, right? I mean, I'll, I'll you know, maybe chat about the article next week once it's, it's full and I've, I've written it so I can put it into a context. But, um, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, there, so there's some obvious, they just will have more data on understanding. Now, the part that makes me nervous um, about this, I mean, there, there's just a whole, whole litany, um, but is the, is the potential abuse um, of this, right? Like, let's pretend, and, and, you know, you're a Canadian, I'm a Canadian, so this doesn't really apply to us. So let's, let's travel, you know, I'm, I'm basically like, I'm below the 49th parallel, right? Like, I, if I swam across you know, the, the water a, a block from my house, I, I'd be in, in the States where I would need to look at health insurance. And really? now there's people with this little device around their wrist that is passing on all sorts of information, um, you know, about them to Google. Now, that's not saying that Google's in, in cahoots with, with insurance companies. I don't, I don't think that's the case. But it does let insurance companies target specifically people in, in specific demographics. Like, they're not doing that now. They're not talking about that now. But I, I can't imagine that that's not coming. Like, just why else would they want it? Data, there is the, you know, the sort of additional ability to, to sort of target people. Um, but if I, if I you know, lived south of the 49th, um, I, I'd, I'd probably buy, buy myself a Fitbit, hook it up to my account, and then, uh, you know, hire some runner, right? like, like long-distance runner <laughs> with, like, a, a resting heart rate of, like, 41, um, you know, to, to just wear this thing, right? Like, so that's hey. my insurance company, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, here's something that gets me. In, the, in an article in Search Engine Land by, uh, by Greg Sterling, it was posted uh, the, the, the 1st of November, so just about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Google is talking about tying Fitbit into uh, Google Assistant. Uh, Google Assistant is more than Nest, more than Home, uh, more now than Fitbit. It's Google Assistant is, is, is going to become sort of like Google's lifestyle guru algorithm of sorts. Uh, no, no, it's, it's not an algorithm, but it's a, uh, a set of protocols. Um, and uh, Fitbit's going to get tied into that which means that Fitbit is going to be feeding information to Google's uh, brain uh, to BERT. And BERT will be figuring out where you are, the context of where you are, why you're there, what your intent might be. And that's going to be affecting the kind of ads that you're going to be seeing. And in a weird way, that kind of disturbs me. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff that is, you know, disturbing about these sorts of moves. I, I, I happen to be um, painted by some problems that I'm seeing in, 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 in a, in a, patent that I'm reading right now, that, right, the, the one that, that I had mentioned. Um, and there, there's all sorts of privacy concerns inherent in that as well. There's all sorts of privacy concerns inherent in, in all sorts of things that, that Google is doing right now. Um, you know, so is this just one more? Yeah, this moves it just hard and fast into the real world, right? If I had a Fitbit, I'd, I'd be looking a little harder at, at what I want to do with that right now, right? Like, do I actually want to be sharing that? Now, as a perk, most people who've gone, bought a Fitbit and continue to wear it probably fit into the demographic of people who would be either neutral or favorable <laughs> in having all their, you know, having this level of biometric data made available, right? But, but we, we're dealing with a company here and, and remember that, that also is tied to companies that are doing DNA stuff, right? Like DNA testing mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. So, do we really want Google to have this kind of information, you know, on us? You know, is it inevitable? Maybe. Do I want to speed up that process? I don't, I don't really think so, but that's more on a personal level than on, on an SEO level. As a marketer, if I'm looking at this just as a marketer, taking off my privacy concerns hat and going, would I like to be able to target people based on this? <laughs> yes, of course you would. Of course I would. Right. So I, I do try and remember that. I go, yeah, I, I know I am going to, um, you know, utilize this type of data. Maybe not the specific bit, bit data itself, but I will be utilizing data like this. I know while I was at uh, State of Search, I actually have a, a client down near Dallas and I, I'd gone to visit them and I was, we were talking about privacy and I was like, if you actually want to really be frightened, um, just log into Facebook or Google and look at how you can target people. Look at the audiences. That's you. <laughs> you're the audience you're targeting. You can't just think I'm targeting this audience. You have to go, this data is me, right? Like that is me. And if you want to really be frightened, go what they're telling me they have, they also have way more. Like what I can target from other people, they have way more. So that's what's available to them. And that's, that's how we're being segmented. As a person, I'm like, eh, I don't love that. And I go through my settings often enough to see what's being shared. but as a marketer, yeah, I mean, I, I love this stuff. Right? <laughs> I go, oh, okay, now if I can understand health levels of people, even when I'm just tr uh, like working in travel, for example, like, okay, you know, now I can understand, I can start to target people based on fitness level, right? Like, okay, right, fantastic. <laughs> like, that's awesome, right? Like, okay, let's, let's target, you know, skiing. <laughs> like, I'm targeting skiers, all right, I'm going to target people with these interests also with this fitness level and I can now hit them with like black diamond run, you know, kind of ski pictures rather than like the beginner level, like get off your butt <laughs> and get out in the snow kind of, kind of levels, right? It does allow for that kind of, kind of data um, access. So as a marketer, I, I like any data as a human being, it's a little concerning. Uh, okay. We, we got time for one more. So I was, I was going to ask a Crawlaby question. Maybe it's just that we're old and we have these weird notions of privacy. But <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> or at least these weird notions of what can be done if privacy is violated too badly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last story. This one's for webmasters, ones that you actually really kind of got to know. Yesterday it was reported that um, Google is having a hard time handling robots.txt from about – 
believe it or not, 26% of WordPress sites. I heard that sharp intake of breath. That's exactly what I did when I read this story. I'm like, oh my God. Like one in four, one in four WordPress sites, Googlebot can't reach the robot text file. Oh, you mean that, that file where we tell them everything to do? That one? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay, now, just making sure. Now, here's the weird thing. You got people like Yost Valk asking questions, not making statements, asking questions. Um, for sites you can't reach the robot text for, is it a subset of the WordPress sites? Is it a larger subset you normally expect? Ask Yoast. So the people who should be uh, uh, Gary Ease asking questions, not making statements. So the people who should be saying, here's what's happening, here's what we're doing about it, as of yesterday, we're still trying to figure out the parameters of the problem. Yeah. One of the things that I loved was Just's um, comment, and this again is, is yesterday. Uh, his comment, and I'll, I'll bet you dollars to donuts they do this, was basically, is this this kind of problem? Is this creating you know these sorts of issues? If so, and I can totally see how we, how we would do this, is we, we can just turn this into a static file. But like I could totally see Yoast because this is the kind of stuff they do. Um, mm -hmm. Going, all right, then fine. Like every time this file changes, we're just actually going to create you know, a like static text file and put it up. Right? I mean, it actually wouldn't be that much work to just create a text file out of it rather than having it generated by WordPress each time it's requested. Um, well, nevertheless, I mean, it's going to be residing in the root of your... Uh on the root of the server anyway, like, I, this is what I don't understand. It's, it's, what is it that Google can't get to? The, the robot text file, um, domain.com slash robots.txt. Like it's sitting yeah. in the root. What's, what's the problem? Yeah. I'm not sure where the root of the problem is, which is what would, nah. would, would create that, right? Like what the actual, I assume it's on the server. Like I assume it's the generation of this thing and that they're not giving it enough time to actually generate, maybe because it's a text file. Maybe they go, when it's a text file, you know, we put less server time before we like assume it's not there and leave, right? So maybe it's sending out a, a server error problem because it's text and that may be something that's easy for Google to fix. Treat it like any other page. I'm not saying that's the problem. I'm saying that could be a potential problem um, that they're just not giving it the time that they would to a, a general page. They're not waiting around for the like 10, 15 seconds they would for a horribly loading <laughs> yeah, WordPress it, page. Okay. 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 But wouldn't, wouldn't you be able to see the effect of, um, wouldn't you be able to see that effect say in GT metrics or in some other uh, program that actually downloads the site to test the speed? You could, but how many of us actually tell? I, I don't think I've ever well, tested a robot's know? file. <laughs> yeah, dude, how would you know, right? Like, you, you just uh, know that something was, was screwing speed. Yeah. And I mean, we're just finding out about it now. This has probably been happening for a while. Right? Like, <laughs> if, if we're seeing it now, who knows how long this has been happening. Now, there does hit the, the question of, is this a big problem? It would be a big problem if you change your robot's file. I'm assuming, and, and this is like a fingers crossed. Maybe I'm giving too much credit here, but... I'm assuming that Google would default back to, oh, okay, we're getting, you know, a, a server error this time. Let's go with the old one. 
I'm hoping that that's what they do, <laughs> right? Let's respect the old one rather than going, oh, let's just open up the door to all the pages, right? All of a sudden and everything they crawl between that and finding the new robots file or finding it again. Um, you know, you would potentially have pages, um, you know, in the index that shouldn't and, and stuff like that. But I, I suspect that they'd be paying attention to the old one, fingers crossed. Um, but even still, this is this is a pretty rudimentary kind of problem, in in my opinion. Like, it's a little surprising, but at the same time, it's a complex system, and nobody's seen it till now. I don't suspect it'll be long until it's resolved. WordPress tends to generate robot text files on the fly, like you yeah. don't actually see them on the server um, right. if you FTP in. But 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 um, you can always go again. You can type in domain.com/robots.txt, and you'll get a a robot text file. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one works out. Moreover, it'll be interesting to see if, um, if Google works better in the future. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, full clock. Gone around the whole circle. Um, it is now top of the hour, so we got to go. We're about to get... We're, we're, I, I, I'm just seconds ahead of the hold music. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Next week, we're going to be coming to you partially live from New York. Dave, you're going to um, Search Marketing East in New York City. Yep. Again, this uh, conference is going to be bigger, better, and birdier than ever. Um, I mean, actually, it's Burke's hometown. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be here in Toronto. But we will be back next week with uh, news from SMX East. Until then, uh, be well, uh, rank well, and we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.